Hi everyone, welcome back to the Psalm 40 Project. I am here with our current council president, Dave Buter. Dave, I'm really excited about this. I, I've had great interactions with you, um, but honestly, I don't know that much about you, your life, things like that. So Dave, let's just start with something pretty simple. Where'd you grow up? Uh, Joan, I grew up in Grand Rapids. I've lived uh, my entire life in Grand Rapids. Mm -hmm. um, the only time I was really outside of the city for any extended period of time was my higher education. Where'd but, you go? Uh, I went to the uh, University of Arizona for some graduate work and then Cooley Law School. Okay. Um, but otherwise, in Grand Rapids, uh, I was born in 1951. I've lived in seven homes within the city of Grand Rapids during my lifetime, all within three miles of each other. Wow. I think the current home I live in uh, was a home built by my mom and dad that I actually lived in for a period of time when I was in college. Oh, that's so, so cool. So there's not much excitement as far as where <laughs> I've lived. You actually are now beating Matt Skolton. Yeah, I think I think he said he lived within five miles. Okay. So <laughs> maybe we can see if we can find somebody even smaller than that. Um, but, so from what I know, you've been at LaGrave your entire life. Is that true? Yes. Um, I was baptized here in 1951. Uh, I've remained a member of LaGrave ever since. Uh, even when I went away to school, I still maintained my membership here. So yes, lifetime uh, member of LaGrave. Um, shortly after I was born, I was actually baptized by Reverend Dr. Gorris, but then Reverend Eppinga came in 1954. So that's really, that begins some of my first memories of uh, a pastor at LaGrave. Okay. Okay, so you have a, a wide history. What are some of the interesting tidbits, facts from growing up in this church? Well, I can remember as far back as uh, mid-50s would be my guess. Uh, when I was four or five years old, attending church in the original sanctuary, mm. I clearly have a recollection of the hymnal numbers being posted on a board I remember the configuration of the choir loft in that old church. Um, and so, yes, I do have some memories of that. Uh, some clearer memories begin when we began the demolition of that church and began the construction of our current sanctuary. Mm. Uh, that was uh, late, late, eight, uh, late 50s, rather. I was probably seven or eight years old. And so I clearly remember attending church Sunday mornings at the SDA facility. Okay. They obviously didn't have worship services on Sunday. And so we needed their facility at that time. So I, I have a very clear recollection of worshiping at the SDA facility in the morning. Uh, the irony is 65 some years <laughs> later, I signed the closing documents to purchase that yeah. building for LaGrave. I had no idea LaGrave worshipped over there. They did on a temporary basis, and that was in the mornings. And then in the evening, we worshipped at Westminster Presbyterian because they didn't have evening services. Okay. 
that was a good experience for me because they had cushioned pews, which was a new experience, <laughs> a good experience. If only we could get that at yes, grave. Yes, yes. So it, it's really fascinating to me to hear these stories of longevity in a church. Myself, I've moved, I don't even know how many times at this point and been in a dozen churches. Um, what are what are some of those things, uh, positive um, items or just what is it like growing up in the church and how does that um, enhance your faith, grow your faith? I think being here has allowed me to develop a very close relationship with every pastor I've had. Okay. Uh, for me, for example, even as a middle schooler, a teenager, uh, Reverend Eppinga was not just this guy in the pulpit that I'd see once a Sunday. We got to the point where he was interested in what was going on in my life, and mm. I knew that. And he made that very clear to me. We got to the point where we talked baseball <laughs> together, and uh, I, I, to me that was important because yeah. I didn't see that as being the type of relationship a young kid could have with a pastor, to talk with their pastor about baseball. Mm -hmm. And so continuing uh, throughout uh, the years at LaGrave, I've been able to develop that close relationship with every one of my pastors. And uh, I think it's a relationship of uh, friendship. Um, as I get older and, and continue to stay involved in the church, it's a working relationship with the pastors. Yeah. And uh, that has meant a great deal to me in my mm -hmm. faith walk. Mm -hmm. uh, also, here at LaGrave, being here since 1951, I've had the blessing of being exposed to the giants of this church. Okay. And this church has giants. Mm. Men and women of faith who set an example for a kid, uh, that was a very positive example. Yeah, I bet. And I, I think um, being here my entire life gave me a chance to get to know some of these giants personally and learn from them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can imagine, again, I can't speak to your side of things because I bounced around churches so much, but, you know, it takes a while to develop a relationship with somebody, uh, especially if you only see them once a week and in the capacity of them being your teacher. Uh, but I also see that it, you've built a community, and I've witnessed this, you've built a community with members here, um, both long-term, but I, it seems like you're really good at meeting new people as well. Uh, maybe that's part of your profession, but uh, you've got a sense that you want to welcome people into this family, and I, you know, I think that that's a, a, different, a different way because you've been here so long. I think that's probably true. The, the family part of LaGrave is really important to me, and I'm not just talking about my immediate family. Mm -hmm. uh, three of my own kids are attending here uh, with their children, my grandchildren. But uh, when you're part of a church, for as long as I've been part of this church, you develop very close relationships with the other parishioners. Mm. And uh, when there is that time of need, either for me or for them, 
we, we know it and we know that we want to help and, and you find other members uh, with whom you can confide. Yeah. yeah, It's an important part, I think, of any faith journey. Mm. So being here for an extended period of time, are there some events that have shaped your faith um, and somewhat in particular, how has LaGrave sort of played a role in that? This, this church has changed in its membership so much since the mid-80s. Uh, there's probably many members who were not aware of the experience this church had with my daughter Anne in the mid-1980s. Um, she had brain cancer, uh, developed that in 1985 and died in 1986. She was nine years old when she died. And that was obviously a catastrophic event yeah. for our family, but for this church family, mm. um, for the extended LaGrave community, yeah. uh, for the Seymour Christian School community. All of those um, got involved in such a supportive way that uh, it's hard to describe uh, how much that means to me in, in yeah. my faith walk. Mm. To see the faithfulness, the support of a church family, of a school family, and of course of my immediate family also has had a huge influence on yeah. my life. Um, for there, There's many members still at LaGrave who uh, remember that experience. and. There was truly a sense uh, for the entire church, I think, that we were all in this together. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, to that extent, um, it, it was a, an experience that I will never forget and will always be grateful to this church uh, for what they did for my family. That's not to say that that experience in and of itself uh, strengthened my faith at the time. Yeah. Uh, there were so many questions and so many obstacles we faced and so much confusion. But then again, as I look back on it, we also at that time as a family said, how are we ever going to get through this? Mm. How are we ever going to be happy again? Um, and through grace and through support, mm. Uh, pastoral support, members support, community support. Here we are as a functioning family and yeah. that, that in and of itself almost feels like a miracle sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, when you think of, of where we were for a while. Yeah. So that has certainly influenced where my family is with this church. Mm -hmm. uh, we're forever indebted. Um, I also, uh, in terms of my faith journey, have learned a whole lot from my children and my grandchildren. And uh, it demonstrates again that this faith journey thing isn't just looking back to your formative years, it's sort of a never-ending walk, I think. Because I'm learning more and being inspired more by what my children are doing, what they did as youngsters when they were in the school or in this church singing the songs of yeah. the church. Uh, when I see my grandchildren do the same, when I'm singing in church with my granddaughter Quinn and she's getting into it singing 
with a great deal of passion, it's very uplifting and it demonstrates to me God's faithfulness from generation to generation. Yeah. Well, both of those stories are amazing to hear. Um, and I'm sure that there are, are hope, I mean, I hope that many people feel the same way that you guys have felt both supported, but also being able to witness um, the faithfulness from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. With those relationships that you've built, are there, you know, maybe one or two people, two or three people maybe that have really impacted your faith? I mentioned uh, Reverend Eppinga already. Uh, and yes, he, he would be one I would think of. Although when you ask that question, uh, we always tend to look back to when we were children thinking, well, yeah. our faith development took place then and uh, that's when it happened. I'm uh, still feeling that I'm very early on my faith walk and there's all sorts of things that are happening now and so although I I reference some from my childhood (laughs) uh, my current pastors are hugely influential in my faith walk but Reverend Epping as I said for a kid um, thinking of him as your pastoral member uh, minister but also as a person who's really interested in in your development. Mm. That was important to me. My dad taught me a great deal about the value of the institutional church, and and I I mean that in an extended sense, not just LaGrave, but uh, the uh, institutions that LaGrave would sponsor, Christian Education, uh, Wedgwood, He taught me the importance of the institution and that a part of service is being willing to be a leadership, a leader if that's your calling, to be willing to lead in that church or in that school. Uh, I view him uh, during a period of time as sort of Mr. LaGrave. He, he really. <laughs> had a passion for this church and had a passion for Christian education. And uh, I I learned some of that passion for institutions from him. Uh, My mom was less into institutions. In fact, she was always trying to look for ways to do an end end run around (laughs) some of the institutional (laughs) rules. But she was so concerned about people. She was so concerned about the family of LaGrave. She was so concerned about the families at Seymour Christian School where I grew up. Uh, she wanted to make sure that anyone who had a need, she knew of it and she was able to address it. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's a good combination of <laughs> mentoring. Yeah. Uh, the institution and then the members of that institution. Caring about the people yes. too, yeah. So with your members or the, your uh, your mentors sort of in mind, are there things that are happening in the church, the grave, uh, that they would be excited about? Uh, oh, I would think of my dad. Uh, he would be excited about the involvement of women in the life of the church, mm. women in leadership roles, women in pastoral, uh, pastoral roles. Uh, that was a dream of his as far back as 
the 60s and 70s. I remember him talking about that. Um, he, he talked about um, the talent in the church that, in his opinion, wasn't being used. And, and to that extent, uh, maybe he was ahead of his time yeah. on, on that issue. Um, with both Eppinger and my dad, they would love to see that this church has never wavered in its commitment to Christian education. Mm. Uh, that was a passion for each of them, and uh, I think it remains a passion for this church. Yeah. And that's important. Um, for my mom, she would love to see the role of the pastoral care assistants. Yeah. Um, it's an organized way of doing <laughs> what she was doing on her own, and so probably more effective than what she was doing. But mm. it's the same theme, the same goal. Yeah, yeah. That's. It's. I mean, I, I get to hear stories of people while I do these interviews, and it's, it's just so cool to see the history of the of the institution of Lagrave. Um, both stay true, but at the same time, it finds areas to grow within those things that they're staying true to. Yes. yes. Um, so, uh, continuing sort of along that idea, are there things that you are excited about uh, that energizes you? That really, you know, you're excited that Lagrave is is doing. Yes, um, I I think what has is becoming more clear through the years is that LaGrave is so much more than Sunday morning worship. Mm. Um, it, it's been stated in our long range plan, but it's also clear in practice that this church is more than just what's happening in the sanctuary Sunday morning and that our worship is much more than what's happening in the sanctuary. Yeah. This is a church that is engaging in daily worship. Uh, and it, you can see it from the activities around the mm. building, from our activities within the neighborhood. Uh, that excites me greatly. Yeah. And um, it, it continues to be a point of emphasis, I think, with council, but also with the pastoral staff and the membership. Yeah, I agree with that. It's, and I don't have a very long history here, about six years or so. Um, but I, I do see a, a growing longing that it's not just about Sunday morning and night, mm -hmm. that it continues into the week. Uh, that's even part of what I do here at the church is trying to mm -hmm. extend those things and remind people of, um, you know, things that happened on Sunday or how to spur yourself in a situation you might find. Um, anything else that you're kind of excited about or? Um. I, I do think we are taking a very good step with how we are selecting members uh, of council. Oh, okay. That we're further uh, earmarking their assignments to administrative versus calling members. Mm. I think we have to be conscious of the time demands that we put on council members and to the extent that we can better allocate those time commitments. Yeah to administrative as opposed to calling and better use the members' gifts, I think council service will be more meaningful for the members. Mm. So I am excited about that. Yeah, I, this is this is a, a big change I know for, for LaGrave and I'm, I'm excited to see how it kind of plays out mm. over the next couple months. Mm. Um, 
this wasn't on the list we gave you, but I've, I've been curious about um, sort of your role here at the church. Um, you're currently council president, but what were some of the other things that you've been a part of um, during your time here? I've been uh, on council, uh, I think five different terms now. I was council president previously during one of those terms. Um, I've been on search committees three different times for mm. pastors that we've uh, brought here. Long range planning, uh, and then some other, uh, I suppose, more limited uh, specialized committees. Uh, at one time we had a, a grief support group mm. uh, that was started by Reverend Stegenga. He asked that I get involved with that after the death of my daughter. And um, we did that for a period of time. Um, but yeah, um, I love working with the church. <laughs> I love working within the church. It, it, it gives me as much as, as I can give to the church. It, it's, yeah. it's very worthwhile to me. That's very evident to me in my interactions with you. Uh, I can definitely tell how much you love this church and how much you want to be a part of it. Well, Dave, is there anything that I forgot to ask or something that may have uh, sparked while we were having a conversation that you would like to mention? Um, you didn't ask about the uh, 1987 centennial celebration. Oh. And I didn't mention that there were a group of us who put together a celebration picnic uh, for that date. And it is the only time that I'm aware of in the history of LaGrave Church that there was a rap song dedicated to LaGrave Church. Really? Uh, my guess is it won't happen again. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> How did that go over? It went over great. Okay. Uh, and no one laughed harder than Jacob Eppinga. <laughs> um, four of us put together a rap song which oh you did it yourself yes oh, we did it ourselves okay. yeah, oh. yeah and uh we invented some lyrics that made helped us make fun of ourselves a little bit as a church <laughs> but i always remember the the refrain in the rap was we don't need no wooden shoes the english language is our big news and that's what we would always move back to that refrain after each of our rap verses um, <laughs> Eppinga, I think, laughed harder than anybody. That's awesome. We might have to get you to dig that out at some point. I think that's best left in the <laughs> archives. Uh, yeah, other... Um, I'm sure there are plenty of stories you could tell, um, and I, I would encourage folks to, to ask you about stories, different time periods, how you've seen the church move and grow over the last... 60 years or so um, because there, a lot has happened in this place yeah. Uh, yeah, and you've been a witness to, to all of it so folks thank you so much for joining us um, I've been with Dave Buter and it's been quite a pleasure to sit with you and, and learn more about you so Dave thank you so much for being with us thank you <laughs>